Welcome to The Resonance, the podcast about the energy industry from Alpha Energy Group. Hello and welcome to an Alpha podcast. This is Jeremy Nicholson, Corporate Affairs Officer at Alpha Energy, and I'm here with my colleague uh, Nick Fedson, Sustainability Analyst, and we're going to be discussing the budget that's just been somewhat overshadowed by the coronavirus uh, crisis, but nonetheless a lot of environmental and energy stuff in there that may have got overlooked. Nick, what's your initial reaction when you when you read the detail of the budget rather than the headlines? Did it match your expectations or there were things in it you thought were missing? Um, well, this budget was announced uh, and with a lot of promise uh, that it would relate heavily to net zero. It's the first budget that the UK has, that the Treasury has put together since it set a, a net zero target. So there was uh, a lot of expectation uh, from environmental campaigners and, uh, well, really anyone interested in the UK's net zero 2050 target that uh, it would deliver a lot of spending uh, to go towards that target. Uh, I think the the reaction from environmental groups has been uh, recognition that there are lots of small steps in the budget that takes us towards that direction, uh, but there that there's a continued presence of, uh, uh, well, legacy policy and, and taxation, which is uh, uh, contributing to, to continued emissions. The two headlines that the tabloids picked up, of course, is the uh, you know the freeze on on fuel duty. Uh, slightly more complicated than that in the budget because they've changed duty for red diesel for uh, for some previous uses of red diesel, which was a significant tax break in construction elsewhere, um, uh, and also the you know, historic uh, increase in the road building budget. So I mean, I can imagine that hasn't gone down well uh, from the environmental perspective. So the fuel duty has been frozen where it is for uh, a decade now. And some analysis that a Carbon Brief has done shows that if fuel duty had risen over the past uh, decade, at least in line with inflation, UK emissions would be 5% lower than what they are today. So the fuel duty continuing to, to, to be frozen is, has been one of the biggest complaints regarding this budget, especially... Uh, given the price environment that we're in right now for oil, where prices have crashed, it's uh, it seems like a really opportune moment to uh, to unfreeze that fuel duty. I think you're right there. And that was one of the biggest surprises for me. I, I would have thought if ever there was a time when a chancellor could feel confident of bringing in an increase in road fuel costs, it would be when oil prices are you know, on the floor and likely to remain there for some time. But uh, uh, may, maybe there was some clever plan behind it, not not to enrage the motor, motoring lobby uh, in order to keep them on the side. We'll see, because there were some positive things in there, uh, all bits and consultations and so on, on, on taxation for electric vehicles another uh, infrastructure investment. Are you mildly encouraged by that, perhaps? The uh, the budget has announced £640 billion in infrastructure spending coming up. It's huge. This The UK has called this the biggest uh, uh, budget for infra- infrastructure that it's introduced in something like 30 years, I think. Um, so the question really is how much of that infrastructure is really going to take us towards net zero? I think uh, something like £24 billion have been announced for 
paving new roads in the UK. And that kind of flies in the face of the reality in large part because of the progress the UK has made in cutting emissions from its power sector. The transportation is now the single biggest contributor to the UK's carbon footprint. So there hasn't been the same focus on low carbon transport uh, that environmental campaigners have really wanted to see. And I think those uh, 640 billion pounds in infrastructure investment <laughs> lines up uh, in, in an interesting way. It is exactly a thousand times more than the 640 million pounds that were announced in uh, nature conservation and, and, and other uh, uh, climate uh, projects uh, other than infrastructure spending by the government. Well, that's a very useful metric to have in mind. When these large numbers get floated as they do in the budgets, it's easy to become uh, uh, impressed by a million here or 10 million or 100 million there. In fact, actually, if you look at the net zero trajectory, we're going to have to su support some of this stuff to the tune of billions per annum. And, and I suppose there is some encouragement there from, from the green perspective. Uh, there's talk of a new green gas levy to fund biomethane injection into the gas grid, uh, low carbon heat support for small businesses and, and domestic users installing heat pumps and biomass boilers. I mean, that's a small mm. amount of funding there, 100 million or so. Yeah. Uh, as you say, small steps and, and potential green heat network scheme as well, which sounds rather more interesting, although yep. the detail seems rather scant at the moment. Uh, and then amusingly, 10 million to support design and delivery of net zero policies. I suspect it's going to cost rather more than that even to get the framework right. What, what, what's your feeling? Well, the uh, so it's interesting that you, you mentioned those last items because they're all, uh, you know, pieces of policy support, really. Um, investment into research for policies to support net zero. Uh, yes, 10 million isn't a lot, but then you don't need an awful lot of money to do policy research. So it's a, it's a good first step. Uh, in terms of other policy instruments that the UK currently has, seeing the renewable heat incentive get extended uh, through to 2022 and some announcements for consultations to begin on a successor to the renewable heat incentive is encouraging. Uh, one of the other uh, areas that people are pleased about is that the is that applications are now open again for uh, industries to join climate change agreements. Uh, those have been closed for quite some time now. I think I think a year now. Um, so it's 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 good to see that industry has been considered uh, as well, and will be able to join what is a, a relief program for uh, certain industries that incentivizes them to take on energy efficiency targets. Cause close to my heart as someone who worked for many years for energy intensive industries, because of course we do actually want to decarbonize those industries within the UK economy and not just provide incentives for them to go and relocate somewhere else. Mm -hmm. and, and with that in mind, I thought not only the uh, extension of climate change agreements and a consultation on what might replace them uh, longer term, but also the support for carbon capture and storage. I think they're talking about £880 million for at least two sites by 2030, one by the mid-2020s, supported by a carbon capture and storage infrastructure fund. Now, whether, whether or not we ever use carbon capture and storage for the purposes of um, uh, the, uh, uh, the power sector, I think we can uh, all understand that it may be necessary for certain industrial processes. So it's a very good thing this is this is being looked into. Uh, perhaps more controversially, they're talking about uh, supporting one new gas-fired power station with carbon capture and storage by 20. 
2030. I think the phrase is supported by consumer subsidies. I'm not quite sure what that means in practice. Perhaps another levy on electricity bills. Uh, we'll see. Um, a lot of detail, I think, still to follow on these, I would have thought, wouldn't you, Nick? Yeah, uh, I the comment I would add about carbon capture and storage is that um, this is the most funding that's you know really ever been announced for it. Uh, carbon crap, uh, CCS, whether it's integrated into the power sector and with gas or whether we're talking about direct air uh, carbon capture, uh, is a technology without which we're never going to get to net zero emissions. So, you know, it's, it's good that the UK government is uh, recognizing this at, at, at kind of the highest level and, and, and targeting deployment uh, in the mid 2020s, because uh, for a long time, CCS has just been a, a kind of policy and technological gray area that's kind of uh, a taken for granted solution that's going to need to happen before 2050. So it's nice to see some movement happening on that. Not to mention that the, uh, the amount of spending that's been announced for CCS lines up with the manifesto pledge that the current government made. Indeed, and I think sometimes carbon capture is, is misunderstood. It's not a, it's not an alternative um, to low carbon power generation from renewables, uh, supplemented perhaps by by nuclear. It's part of what makes industrial decarbonisation possible. Where it's not easy to uh, go from using gas, for example, to 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 electricity for heating, or or in sectors like cement and steel that produce CO two directly. So it's important we have a, you know, all the weapons in our armoury and. See CCS is undoubtedly one of them. But one, one last area I was, I was particularly interested in is the rebalancing in tax. Um, road fuels, of course, whether or not the tax goes up, are already heavily taxed, um, uh, quite close to the social cost of carbon, as the economists call it, and uh, to, to take into account the impact of the emissions on, on, on the climate and ultimately our economy. Uh, whereas gas is relatively undertaxed. We have some of the cheapest gas prices in Europe, in the UK, and part of the reason is, is there's virtually no taxation on the domestic user and the uh, uh, the level of tax at, at the moment for the climate change levy on business users is relatively low, but that's going up, I think, in the budget. Is that right? Uh, yes. So the, the, the redistribution of taxes uh, is anticipated to bring in uh, overall more more tax revenue on on fossil fuels than than previously. This makes sense, I'm sure, from an environmental perspective, because electricity is getting cleaner. It's getting That's lower right. in carbon. Right. Gas may be low carbon compared with coal, but compared with electricity as a source of um, energy for heating, you know, the the environmental differential, if you like, is going to increase, uh, and it seems logical for Treasury to try and equalize the uh, uh the the level of tax uh, relative to the emissions uh, by around 2025 i think and i think business users should therefore expect that policy or something akin to it to remain in place for the long term i don't think gas taxation is going away if i was an energy intensive user i'd be worried about making sure that there are exemptions to preserve competitiveness if those tax levels get too high and lastly um you, you know you mentioned the whole issue of infrastructure and, and there's going to be more to come not just from the budget but in other announcements in in a few weeks time is that right yes so uh this is again uh, been delayed, uh, but the UK is supposed to be putting out its infrastructure spending review. And I think uh, what the reaction uh, to the budget uh, from environmental groups has been is that the issues that they are uh, not happy with 
uh, have opportunities to be resolved in this infrastructure spending review. So there is uh, there's the infrastructure infrastructure spending review, the energy white paper coming up, and all the preparations that the UK is doing for uh, COP26 that are new opportunities, uh, or shall I say further opportunities, for the UK to uh, demonstrate what it's doing for net zero. So these are these are more things to look forward to in 2020. And more subjects for, for podcasts too, but in particular the, uh, the infrastructure one, I think you know that, that'll be the next in our series. I look forward to discussing that with you um, in due course. Well, thank you for joining us. I hope you found that useful. Um, it'll be interesting to see the longer term reaction to the budget as people digest um, all of the details. In the meantime, if you'd like to find out any further information about Alpha Energy or or have a look at our analysis, uh, please visit our website at alphaenergygroup.com forward slash UK. And we look forward to you joining us soon.